those who were involved in making it come to life. Join us as we go. Behind the door. Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Door with the Gray Rooms podcast. I am Brooks Bigley, the manager of social media and Patreon. And with me tonight, we have the author, Paul Shepard, of the story Escape, which is the last episode of our season. Holy moly. Paul, how are you doing tonight? I'm very well, thank you. It's good to be here. Awesome. Thank you for joining us, Paul. And Paul, where are you at right now? At the moment, I'm in Yorkshire, England. So we're all in Yorkshire in England. And it must be nighttime outside for you. Yeah, it's just past 11 p.m. Ah, it's uh, it's sunny over here in California where I'm at, and it's 90 degrees outside, so we are sweating. Uh, tonight, we also have the, um, the actor, uh, E.K. Dagenfield, with us. How are you doing today, E.K.? Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. And where are you at right now? I am uh, sitting on the floor of my closet in Hollywood, California. <laughs> Why the floor of the uh, the closet? Is it uh, is it nice and cold over there? I just redid. Well, my my roommate is watching TV, and my bedroom uh, has a window that opens to the driveway of my apartment buildings it's very noisy and so i ah. tend to record things in my closet because that seems to be pretty common actually apartment. the closet seems to be All the right. great so, makeshift studio <laughs> yep yeah yeah exactly exactly oh and and that mysterious voice that you just heard everybody that would be jason wilson our producer extraordinaire for the gray rooms podcast how are you doing tonight jason hola como esta having a good time i'm setting esta? my son up with his little personal gaming account. It's been a lot of fun watching the excitement in his eyes as we get him like intros and music tracks and stuff. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, he's at that age now where just like video games are going to become his entire life pretty soon. <laughs> I mean, might as well. It is what it is, right? What, what does he have to lose? If, he, if something comes of it, something comes of it. If not, hey, whatever. It was fun while it lasted. Exactly. He enjoyed his childhood. <laughs> so, Paul, this this story, Escape, very kind of fitting, I think, for everything that's going on in the world right now. Although, I mean, personally, I know you gave this to us before that happened. So you just clearly have a crystal ball and you were able to predict the future. Um, so nuts. What? So crazy. Yeah. Like, where did all of this start, Paul? What was your seed idea for this story? Um, well, I saw the submission call for the Grey Rooms for the mm -hmm. first season. And I actually wrote the season one. But when I was sending the email, I just failed to send and I didn't realize. And so oh. it's been the, written quite a while ago. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't even know that. Wow. And I work for this podcast. <laughs> okay. So you, you, you wrote this story almost like two years ago then. And originally had, had intended for it to be part of season one that you submitted. It just came to us later. Ah, interesting. So what... Yeah. What brought about the idea here? Like, what brought about what you sat down and before the story was written, what what caused you to start to work this idea around? Well, I was interested in the idea of writing thing first person has to, and the main character mm -hmm. has to die. And while I was just ideas, I saw a post on Twitter and somebody had um, 
written an article about the Tuskegee experiment. And I read through that and it sounded like a real life horror. I thought I would base it on that. Uh, okay. And then from there, you just started to slowly whittle away at the the setting and kind of coming up with like what the characters would go through. There's a lot of mystery and intrigue, I think, in this story. Um, you, you, you left a lot of interesting, not, I wouldn't say a subplot, but like understanding the greater world of what's going on. There was no need to really explain it, although you're still very curious. And you can kind of pick up, clearly there's some kind of pathogen that's affected the world. I think these scientist people are looking for a cure, but things don't exactly go the way they're supposed to go. Um, um, I left a lot of questions unanswered. Um, you know, what was going on in the background, why the pathogen was there. But I say, it's uh, with everything that's happening in the world at the moment, it seems quite fitting to come out right now. Exactly. It's perfect timing. Very much so. I also appreciated how you really kind of think the story's going in one direction. Like, okay, this is going to be like a, an interesting science experiment story or, you know, oh, oh they're, they're trying to stop this pathogen. Maybe this is going to become a zombie story. But your, your, your ending was so unique that it became this like reunification of a family. It was almost like two stories wrapped into one. Like how, how did you start leaning towards that in the plot? Um, it, it really is two stories that came together. And so the first one, the, the, um, the story I wrote for the first season was much shorter and it ended where the, um, the character was shot dead. And then I went into Brian and he said that he loved the story, but for the second season, they wanted a little bit longer. So I, I wrote the second half with him coming, well, not coming back from the dead, but waking up after dying. Okay. So I kind of make the stories together. And then like what, you know, I don't want to, you're the author and you wrote the story. So I don't want to start questioning what you wrote because um, we need to, your, your story's done. You shouldn't have to, you know, explain it. But like what um, can we kind of ask if possible, can you reveal maybe what, what's in your head and in terms of what was going on in the greater world? Like what? Like, I'm curious to understand, like, what were the bad people that had, um, you know, the main character, uh, E.K. Dagenfield's character's kids? Like, what was that all about? It was so impactful at the end. Like, they were bad people. Like, are you able to kind of share maybe what you're thinking or kind of an insider's look at what was going on? Oh, of course. When I was writing it, in my head, Cara, the, the wife, had been kidnapped and taken into this research facility. Mm -hmm. And the main character, PK's character, was he infiltrated them, was trying to find a way to help her escape. Meanwhile, he'd left his children with these people in the lodge. Ah. Unknown to him, they'd been killed very early on. And his That's wife didn't realize that he was there to help her. Obviously, she put the bullet in Interesting. Ah, that and that even even knowing just what you just said there, that kind of changes my whole perspective on the story. I would have thought that maybe him and his wife were in on this project and they had just been working together, but something went wrong. But that's really interesting that he he because you're right. He he does kind of say certain things that make it sound like he had been he, like I'd been planning this for years. I'd been, but he doesn't just directly say I worked so hard to infiltrate this lab to to get my wife out. So that's really interesting. I love that. Awesome. Um, 
Yeah. It's, it's like a spy story. It's a horror story. There's this like like that James Bond element to everything. You got this 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 family bonding at the end, but you're you're bonding after death. Not you know it's lots of stuff going on in this story. Um, I wanted to ask you, Ek, like what after you like read this story, what prepared you for this? What got you into this role? Because you play a very I, I was telling this to um, to Graham one day. Like you, you're really good at playing, like doc, like a doctor. You have this like this 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 good authoritative voice, but you're not an evil authoritative voice. How did you prepare for this? Um, well, I truth be told, I didn't have a ton of preparation because I think I recorded like the day. I recorded this right after the pandemic, like after everything in Los Angeles shut down. And I couldn't get a micro. My microphone was broken, and I tried to borrow one from a friend. Anyway, so I ha I read it, and then like I think I didn't record it for another week and a half. But uh, the I was it's uh, I'm a big fan of literature, and uh, I, I was very much drawn in. Uh, it, it to me is almost as much a short story as it is. Uh, like a, a podcast or like a, a radio theater piece or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's so, um, and, and, uh, it's an interesting challenge when you've obviously like as a, as an actor, I had read the whole story and he's narrating it essentially in the past tense and he's dead. Uh, mm. but discovering sort of finding how, how to to achieve a sense of, I guess, continuity in terms of, I don't want people to, you, you know, I don't want the listeners to to be like, well, it doesn't sound like he's dead before he dies. Like, it, right, I didn't, I didn't right, want right. to lose that sense of continuity. Uh, and so, I don't know. I mean, uh, as far as my just regular speaking voice goes, I do tend to have, I, I get pegged as sort of an academic or a patrician or there's something kind of <laughs> yeah. 1970s B-movie scientist about about my voice. <laughs> that much. Yeah. Yeah. Great uh, description. That's funny. Yeah. I don't... So uh, that's sort of a natural quality I've always, I guess, had. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, it felt very right to, when I when I got to listen to the the finished product. It, 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 I was like, wow, that, like, that fits right into the vibe. Uh, mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, it was a really enjoyable challenge and sort of following it to the, the twist at the end and, and everything. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And, and so like, what was your opinion? Like, what did you think as the actor going through all this, what did you think was going on at the end? Cause that twist was cool. And I'm still trying to like, it's part of the fun of the story it's not a frustrating thing. Like, I don't know how it ended. It's a part of the fun of like, Ooh, I think it ended this way because of this clue that I heard. Like, what is your interpretation of what was going on being the actor in the story? Uh, as an, in a weird way, I tried not to, um, I tried not to interpret the situation as much as like, I guess the, the, the feeling, the, the sense of, um, you know, he'd done all this and, and maybe at the end he thought, okay, at least I'm dead, but at least my kids are safe. And then he finds out not even that. So that, that was yeah. more my focus, I think, than, 
been trying to uh, work out, like, obviously the exact specifics or the interpretation. Um, but in listening, right. like, that's in terms of performance. In listening back, uh, I mean, uh, I, I, I don't, there's so many wonderful ambiguities to it uh, that, that really yes. uh, allow kind of the imagination to run rampant. Uh, but then also, you know, I, I'm someone, I, I really like to uh, kind of exist in the ambiguity as opposed to being like, here's exactly what I think happened and here's why. Right, like, right. I like, I love that feeling of not knowing of getting almost mm -hmm. like just the 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 expression of like the emotion of 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 joy at having been reunited with your children but sort of grief at at your own death and 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 uh a sense of um failure you know that you left your children with these bad people uh thinking mm -hmm. that they would be safe uh and you you know he, he the character really he he doesn't accomplish. He he fails at everything. He doesn't save his wife. He doesn't save his children. He doesn't save himself. Um, right. And I, you know, there's something. It's it's such a gut punch. I think at the end to kind of yeah, have that yeah, realization. Yeah, uh, and yeah the, like the sorrow or the yeah, yeah. The, just the tragedy of it all. Yeah, and the longer, brutal. yeah, and the longer you think about it, the more the worse it gets. Basically, so I mean, great mm -hmm. great mm -hmm. work. Uh, on the part of the writing uh but yeah yeah uh i mean i don't know i would have to think about it i full disclosure i've only listened to it once i don't love listening to my work because all i can hear is uh what i would have or should have done differently uh yeah i yeah. usually give it one listen and then sometimes i come back to it you know a couple months later Right, right. When you kind of forgot what you recorded, maybe right. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, when I can yeah. enjoy it just as yeah. a as a yeah. as a fan and not a critic. You know, everyone is their own worst critic. It's always it's yeah. the cliche that yeah. is true one hundred percent of the time. Oh, yeah. of course. Um, yeah. Now you you hit it right on the knob. You 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 said that there's this wonderful ambiguity about it. And looking back over our season two all of our authors and Paul, you're, you're, you're just, you're just proving how awesome it is that, you know, your story is now part of this canon. All of the authors have done this great job of like, there's this kind of wonderful ambiguity about a lot of our stories this season that you don't need to have everything go from A to B to C so succinctly and, and explained so perfectly. It doesn't need to be wrapped up that way. But you also don't need to make so many, you know, ambiguous, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, threads going off in every direction that the story doesn't make any sense either. There's been a really good, and it might even be a subconscious effort lately, I think, but writers are getting into kind of leaving certain areas ambiguous to allow your brain to just concoct what it needs to get the story going. So that way everyone enjoys the story in their own unique way. And, and Paul, it's, 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 it's great how you've written this because the first time I heard it, I was like, okay, this, the story is, is happening and this is interesting. And I, I don't understand what's going on just yet. And I listened again and then I listened again and each new time, I will say this till I'm blue in the face. Each new time I hear these stories, I see some new bit of clues being given. And I, I just, just hats off to everybody involved in this season. It's absolutely amazing. Paul, you're wonderful. <laughs> I think what it's always kind of nice when 
I'm sorry. Go. Oh, sorry. Go. Well, I was going to um, ask, what I've kind seen, of things do you write? Like, what other things do you get into with, with, with horror writing? Well, this was my first foray into writing horror. Um, mm-hmm. I've written quite a few since. Um, at the moment, I've just finished a novella, which has been picked up by Aphotic Realm. That will be out later this year. Excellent. So I'm, I'm just trying to do a few different things at the moment. Okay. Sounds like Aphotic Realm is 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 getting all the good authors. Uh, EK, if you start writing stuff, man, you should you should go join Aphotic Realm. What do you work in, EK? I know that you do the Theater of Tomorrow. I do, yes, I do um, the Theater the podcast, of Tomorrow, which and I'm a fan, but that's sci-fi mostly, isn't it? Or it, roughly yeah, fantasy and sci-fi. It's kind of you know, it's sci-fi. I forget what uh, our our sort of writer Travis McMaster he calls it. Uh, I mean, it's like kind of retro sci-fi in the vein of, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, you know, kind of B-movie sci-fi, basically, which is uh, something I love and something Travis uh, really loves and, and Mark Witten, our, our producer. But uh, honest, mainly, my main gig is uh, I'm a musical theater performer. I perform in uh, musical parodies at a cabaret that i also run in los Feliz, california the rockwell table and stage if any listeners are in california they should uh check it out when we're yes re- when we're open go there we'll be we'll be including those links i yes, definitely will. will make sure in the show notes that will all that information will be given out um, but uh yeah i'm mostly live theater musical theater that's kind of been my my bread and butter for i don't know probably going on 20 years now um yeah and i thought that would change when i moved to la but it did not <laughs> <laughs> hey if you're good well, at something don't stop it you know if you're good you're good right. you keep going you when you find that niche you just you run with it exactly yeah that's yeah. why we're all doing this podcast yeah <laughs> Now, now, Jason, let's get to you, man, because you you took the wonderful words that 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 Paul wrote. You took the wonderful words that E.K. spoke, and then you just said, "Let me just put my own mayonnaise and mustard in this little sandwich here, and make something for everybody." You must have had fun making this, Jason, because to me, this harkens back. I'm thinking like production wise to like Ice Station Bravo. You got your scientists, you got your your military guys. They're all in like, like a base, a lab. There's a lot of cool, interesting, fun, industrial sound effects that you can work with to set the tone. So, like, how did you go about setting the scene here, and how fun was it? Well, yeah, you, you know, you said it there. Actually, if you, you, you harken back to Ice Station Bravo, it's kind of similar. It was a very, in my eyes, in my mind at least, you know, when it opened up, she's over the loudspeaker talking to a bunch of people in a hangar, essentially. It was a very sterile kind of medical environment, and... uh that's just kind of how I was going with it. I was I was picturing lots of metal, uh, touch screens, right. white coats, you know, just your typical laboratory kind of underground government conspiracy experiment thing all just thrown together mm-hmm. there. And, and the story was so well written, it really was just absolutely easy to put pieces together because it kind of just flowed and it was it, it just went from one room to the other. All the scenes just kind of gelled together. And again, just keeping it all very vanilla in the sense of it's it's a scientific place it, there's not going to be a whole lot like trees and all this other stuff right. you're kind of i mean think of a uh you know uh ek keeps talking about old school uh 
sci-fi movies and stuff. And one that keeps coming to my mind as an example, there was a movie called Saturn three and it was basically uh, like they built it was an old sci-fi movie where they bore into one of the moons of Saturn and then, you know, had robots go nuts and all this other stuff really be rated by great movie at the same time. But it was a very sterile environment. It was just lots of metal tubes, mm-hmm. rooms and computers. And then it was just such mm-hmm. a well-written story. It was a lot of fun to work with because I tell you what, that was, yeah. I, I, I had read the story probably eight or nine times and it still didn't really click what was going on until after I completely finished it. And I listened to it again and I was like, wow, that sucked. That was terrible. <laughs> I was like, I, I, it's like, normally I ask for a story to have uh, either a, a death or an implied death. And I was like, well, this is all of them. This is terrible. Everybody dies at the end of this one, man. And then. <laughs> And EK just killed it. I'm telling you, I just, I, he, he said it best when he, he the, the delivery was like, uh, I thought I was listening to a professional scientist. So it was all just well done. Well, thank you. Yeah. 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 It was, it was brilliant to hear a story I'd written being put together so well. When I was writing, I had this idea in my head. And when I was listening to it, it was like, you guys have the same idea. So that's fine. That's what it's about. Yeah, man. that's always, what it's about. Oh, right. It's, yeah. One hand washes the other. Got to piggyback yeah. off each other to make this work. You know. So, thank you. So, 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 Paul, it was was it as the author because you like you just said you 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 heard it in your head. You you wrote it. It was in your head first, and then it came out on paper, and then you hear it produced. Did it meet all of your expectations? Like, did you feel like? Like, yep, that's what my character should have done and sounded like. Yep, this you know it, it was great, huh? You liked it. Oh, definitely. Um, in the couple of days running up to it coming out, I was a bit nervous. You know, I wonder if it's if everybody's got the same idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it all came together beautifully. That's great. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm sure you had a, a big smile grilling. I would love to like write something and be like, Jason, I just wrote this story. Turn it into a beautiful beautiful story with your man like that just it just must feel really good it's something that i've never experienced and i i i feel like i smile every time i hear you authors discussing that because i know there's that one moment like you just said you were nervous you wrote all this stuff now it's time for me to hear it did they capture my story properly did they did they hear in reading it what i wrote you know so that's got to be a very very interesting moment once you finally first get to hear that have you ever written anything else that's been turned into a podcast, Paul? No, not into a podcast. Not into a podcast. All okay. my previously novels, you know, it stays okay. as we heard. It was really nice to hear it come together and come to life. Is this something that you're more interested in now? Like, do you think you might start submitting more stories to other podcasts? Oh, definitely. Um, I was going to submit something for season three. Oh, of course. But yes, like, please. No. Life was a bit crazy at the time, so I missed the uh, the deadline for that one. I don't know. I mean, you you contributed to us very uniquely. You gave us a story that's canon now. I'm sure we can work something out. <laughs> it would be a shame to be like, sorry, Paul, you 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 missed us by a week. We can't accept your story now. <laughs> Look at Brooks here cutting I deals. Mean, He's cutting deals. I know, I, but I'm cutting deals with my heart, Jason. That's what I'm doing. And, uh, <laughs> and next, he's going to get you into a nice Cadillac. Yes, yes. Now, now, if I can show you to this car lot over here, let's walk over here this way. Well, I can tell you um, from the production standpoint, <laughs> listening to these things come together. You know, you you read the stories, you hear the voice talent, 
and you don't necessarily truly feel everything till you get to sit back and listen to it. So if you're excited, mm-hmm. that makes me excited because I always really sit there and listen to these. I really try to make sure that I, I, I will one, just get the opportunity to work with such talented voice talent that we get. And, and I need to make them shine and to have such a well-written story that I need to make shine as well. I'm always nervous myself. So when I, I hear that other people enjoy the finished product, that makes me smile because it made you smile. So once again, one hand washes the other. It's a, it's a team effort. I swear that's your favorite expression, Jason. It is, dude. It is. <laughs> we just wash our hands left and right at this podcast right, all man. the time. Cracking skin all over the place. Yes, sir. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, Paul, do you um, do you find that you, because you're a writer, you write horror stories. Do you find that you also read horror stories or is there some weird thing where like, you know, since you write it so much, you can only handle so much horror and maybe you actually read a bunch of romance novels? I don't know. Um, <laughs> what is kind of your flavor of, of, of books that you like to read? Um, it shifted a bit recently. Mm-hmm. I like any book that it kind of challenges the way people think. I've just read um, Rants of Palinuric. Probably best fiction I've ever read. The way he sets up in his, uh, he'll set up a description all the way through the book. You're thinking certain character looks a certain And then in one sentence, he'll flip it around. A situation different. Imagine it in. So I think that's influencing me at the moment. Okay. Well, that's cool. And yeah, what to Oh, I'm sorry. What? Um, I, I do tend to read horror as well. Okay. All right. So you're not you're not afraid of the horror. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know some people that like they'll they'll avoid. They're really good at what they do, but they might avoid listening or interacting with content of other people doing the same kind of stuff, just because it's like you know I sit here and I play drums all day long for my band. Why do I want to go listen to someone else also playing drums for their band? So I I was wondering if that works the same with like writers or. You know, I don't know. Good choice of instrument, um, by the way, there, Brooks. So I just took. I just, <laughs> well, I was thinking of you, Jason, because yeah, you're you're the master drummer. I just drummer. took my drum set down today, man. I got to make place space for the new crib. So <laughs> that's right. Jason is having a be another baby. Yeah, yeah. Another addition to the family. Oh, so excited! Little Talk girl. about real life horror. Oh my gosh, <laughs> little girl, man. Yes, I have no idea a what I'm gonna do. <laughs> She'll appreciate all the fun sound effects that you designed for her. Oh yeah, yeah no <laughs> she has a she has a storied life coming up ahead of her. In the yeah, future. exactly. She's being born into a very fun family. Um, <laughs> how, how about you, Ek? Like, what is your scope of horror? Like, do you enjoy watching horror movies or reading horror novels, or do you avoid it altogether? Um, I do. I I like horror movies quite a bit. Uh, and my friends and I have a, a tradition we call Scary Movie Tuesdays, which is we go to the AMC on $5 Tuesdays and watch whatever the newest horror release is. Um, well, that's like really it, cheap. Oh, my goodness. I would do that, too. I was going to say, we yeah. do that out here, man. It's $5 Tuesdays at the AMC here. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? Where, uh, do you, where do you people live? I pay almost 20 bucks for a ticket. This is unfair. 
I live in Los Angeles. Yeah, you're just not that's, going out that, on Tuesdays, Brooke. That's your problem. I'm going on the wrong. I'm going the wrong days to the wrong theaters. Holy moly! Yeah, AMC, <laughs> man. They also. Gosh. I don't know why I'm promoting them, but their Stubbs membership <laughs> is twenty dollars a month, and you can see three movies a week for free. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna tell them you sent me. We're gonna submit I'm here this because so EK get told me. Some kind yeah. of a, some kind yeah. of fee. Yeah, we need to. Anyway, I I do watch a lot of movies in theaters because of that, and I love it. Uh, I, okay. But uh, yeah, horror has long been something. Uh, like even as a kid, Vincent Price and Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing were sort oh, of all the classics. Yeah. Yeah, the, okay. the, the the kind of B horror of the uh you know, sixties, fifties, sixties, seventies is always yeah. um I don't know, has always been a part of my life, I guess. And uh yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't necessarily read a lot of what I would call modern horror novels. Like I I, I love Frankenstein and Dracula and the White Worm mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of Victorian literature and stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't. I I stick mostly to fantasy and classics when I read. But uh, yeah, yeah, horror is just such a a fertile ground for exploring kind of everything else in the world. Right, it's a great vehicle uh, to explore yeah. ourselves. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. for sure. I'll tell you what, Ek. If you like, uh, if you like fantasy and horror and all that stuff, you should really check out a book called Al-Hazred. It is superb. I will? What, who's the author? Jeez, uh, you asked me that. Uh, uh, it's Daniel, Daniel. Hang on. <laughs> I'm gonna look, it's right here. Hang on. All right. I had to actually get up. Donald Tyson is the author. Donald Tyson. Yeah, it's all right, I'll Al-Hazred. It's, it's basically the author of the Necronomicon. And this story, oh, it's so good, man. I'll tell you what, though. The book is, I read this thing. It took me, I, I think I had at that time, I had a job where I just kind of sat in a room overnights. And that 667 pages. So this is a big, oh, wow. it's a big book. But I'll tell you what, man, this is, if you like the fantasy with a little twist of horror, maybe some, because uh, it has like gins and stuff in here. It's really cool book, Al Hazard. I would highly recommend it. Donald Tyson. Very cool. I'll be checking that out for sure. We'll have to include that in the show notes. (laughs) Indeed. Yeah. What what did you say, Paul? I was just saying, was that book, was it the ramblings of Al Hazred? Uh, No. The full title. uh, It it doesn't say anything about that. It's basically about his life. So it's like, it starts off with who he is and how he gets in trouble and thrown into the desert and, and he's running around trying to. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. I remember reading the book about 10 years ago. It was brilliant. It might have been. Is this, is this 10 years old? Oh, my gosh. It might be, actually. You know, you might be right. Yeah. Yeah, it's an amazing book. Yep, it's 2006. Yeah, this is probably it, man. Yeah. Interesting. I haven't even heard of it. I, I've been living under a rock for a very long time. <clears throat> um, well... Gentlemen, I'm, I'm excited that we all got to sit down and, and discuss this. Um, I wanted to make sure that we could also maybe talk about anything in the future that people are working on. Uh, I know, Paul, that you've said that Aphotic Realm uh, is where you're – you said you have, you have a pending novella um, with them. How, what was that all about again? Yeah. Um, they put out a submission call last year. And you know, I was very lucky. Um, Adrian chose my manuscript, so that should be ready 
fall this year. That's great. So and was it, was it just one? You were the only one picked, or was it you and other authors? How did that How did that work? I, I believe it, I'm the only one that was picked, but I'm not 100 percent certain. Awesome. Well, I want to say congratulations then that you were the one that was picked. That's why that's why I was asking, because it's like, yay, good job, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That's great. Um, I just released a novel last month as well. Um, So that's part of a trilogy that I'm, well, over halfway through, two-thirds through. And and these are available on, do you have have a a personal website, right? Or where can people go to find them? Okay. They're all on Amazon. Um, the first book, The Wolf We Feed, was um, released by Prodigy Gold, so it's available on their website. And, okay. And um, the second book was released by Perch Draven Press. Okay. So, okay. Perfect. I want to make sure that we can kind of expose that bigger. So, uh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll speak with you afterwards. Um, I want to make sure we can get links so that fans who enjoyed Escape can also go and purchase your books, you know, and we'll have everything uh, in the show notes for that. So. Well, excellent. Um, Thank you very much. And, and are you just, you just stick with writing novels, books, stories. You don't do like, you're not interested in writing for a TV show or movie scripts or anything like that. I quite fancy having to go at movie scripts. Ah, there you go. We'll try out in the future. Okay aspiring movie writer. Go get it, man. I got Go it. get it. We can, all, we can all say we knew you before you became super, super famous. That's awesome. <laughs> More infamous at the moment. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Well, EK, how about you? Um, you know, we, we're definitely going to put some, some links so people can find you on the Theater of Tomorrow because I personally am a fan and I'm telling everyone who's listening now that you all are going to love the Theater of Tomorrow. Um, so we're going to plug that. What, like, what other things have you, like as an actor, what other things have you worked in as a voice actor or anything future that's happening? Um, I mean, as a voice actor, it kind of mostly is uh, Theater of Tomorrow. Um, okay. I've done a couple other things. I'm to to my great detriment. I'm pretty unambitious uh, in terms of ninety uh, <laughs> percent like, of know, all humans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I steadily work in theater, and I'm happy doing that. Although you know, theater is dead for the time being, so yeah, uh, I, I right. may have to make a switch here. But uh, yeah, I I would definitely recommend Theater of Tomorrow. I wish I had something else to promote. Uh, I mean, obviously this podcast, but I feel like that's probably already taken care of if they're listening to it. Uh, uh, but yeah, I don't know. No, all right. Do you have any like? So you got this awesome voice. You you know how to do uh, the cabaret circuit. Is there sure. anything that you wish that you could be doing? Like, what is like your ultimate dream goal? Then, like, maybe you wish that you had a hit cartoons for adults. I don't know what what oh, what. Uh, sure. I mean, what do you fancy? Yeah. I would love to to get into voice acting or any sort of film and television. Uh, okay. And, uh, uh, you know, it's voice acting is a very difficult. Uh, it's hard to get into out here because uh, you know people don't age out of it. People don't uh, right. type wise. <laughs> you have a lot. You know, ten percent of the actors are doing ninety nine percent of the work. Uh, 
but uh, and I, you know, I have a lot of friends who have worked for a long time as voice actors, and uh, they have all been very encouraging. But I don't. It's you know, I was I was uh, my I'm very good friends with a guy named Townsend Coleman, who most people know as Michelangelo uh, from the original Ninja Turtles. And, yes, that's uh, oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah, from the late eighties. Yeah. yeah, from the late 80s. What's actually awesome. more impressive to me is he was the NBC promo voice for the entire Friends era of television. So all of the commercials that were like, and tonight on Friends, we have blah, blah, blah. That's him. Uh, <laughs> that's he did so that cool. every day for like 15 years. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, truly. It's crazy. But, you know, I was talking to him and he, he's been very helpful in kind of coaching and... and uh, working with me on it, but he said it is, it's just really hard, especially we're now moving into a world where a lot of, uh, a lot of the newer cartoons that are being produced are, uh, being voiced then by their creators. So he right. said, there's not even that much to audition for anymore. Uh, you know, it's a pretty closed shop, but you know, you got to keep at it. And, and, and the, the strangest jobs come from the strangest places. You Absolutely. got that right. Yeah. Truly. Uh, another, this is getting very name droppy, but another voice actor I know, Dana Snyder, who was Master Shake on Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, I love that show. Yep, yep, yep. Literally, yep. he, he, he <laughs> booked that gig. One of my favorite gig. characters of all time right there, man. He's, he is <laughs> he's so, like he's so mean to Meatwad. He's so he's mean. So he's so funny. Uh, <laughs> but he literally booked <laughs> that gig at a party. He was at a party. And someone knew the creator of, like, the guy, uh, Dave something, who created Aqua Teen. Mm -hmm. And Dana was just at a party with this person. She was like, wait a minute. My friend is looking for a voice like yours. I'm going to give you his phone number, and you should call him right now. And that's how he booked that gig. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you just got to keep your ears open and your, your uh, yep. keep working. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's... It's it's all in opportunities, opportunities left and right, and and it comes people come together and then create something great and something magical. It's it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, like look oh, at us. I, we're we're a tiny I mean, we're a tiny podcast, but we have Graham Rowett working with us. It's it's absolutely. brilliant. It's great. Like you know, he yeah. he put his faith in us. We we love him. We he helps us. Everything is amazing to work with him. But you for know, sure. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm so happy doing like this stuff. You know. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm more interested in quality than anything else. And this is, I've listened to a couple episodes of these and this and theater of tomorrow and stuff. There's just so much, uh, very interesting and, and, and wonderful work being done in the podcast space or sphere or whatever right. you want to call it. Right. It's, it's the new frontier for, uh, creativity on our end. And then for listenership, I think for fans. Oh, brand absolutely. new, brand new way to interact and listen and engage in a community, and yeah, isn't that crazy? Because awesome. I think it was EK mm -hmm. earlier that mentioned like radio dramas or whatever, you know, audio dramas. It, it's kind of funny if you think about it. Podcasting is literally just turning the clock back to when mm -hmm. people used to sit down and turn the dial on and listen to the old radio at radio days, mm -hmm. you know. And that's kind of what I was going for when the production aspect of this happened. So. Good to hear everybody so happy with yeah. you. Yeah. It's much more intimate, very much. Yeah. So, 
Well, I'm glad you all agree on that. Jeez. <laughs> thought we were going to start For fighting sure. here. <laughs> all these differing opinions. Jeez. <laughs> well, on, on that note, gentlemen, we could we could start talking about everything else other than podcast and horror because it's, it's a good conversation. Um, but we don't want to bore anybody. We all got to get on with our lives here. So thank you so much, gentlemen, for, for, for joining us tonight. Thank you, Paul. Gosh, Paul, what time is it over there? Is it after midnight for you? Uh, it's almost midnight. <laughs> it's almost midnight. Good morning. I've, I'm almost way past my bedtime now. <laughs> yeah, real quickly, man, I got to say thank you, Paul, ever so much for the story, for allowing us to, for taking the time to write it, for letting us produce it. And then also mm-hmm. for um, uh, coming on to this. And, and I, you are one of a, just a cadre of growing European, for a lack of a, kind of a blanket term there, but of a, uh, not American authors that we get the pleasure of working with. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. It was a great story, yeah. and I had a really good time producing it. So thanks. Yes, thank you very much. No, it was a pleasure to be part of it. And we had this yeah. have to get him into bed. And EK, um, man, oh man, uh, you 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 you're a gentleman <laughs> that comes with accolades, and uh, I really greatly appreciate the opportunity to listen to your wonderful recording it was really fun actually listening to you you transition you you did th- enough takes of the lines i was able to actually kind of cherry pick certain parts here and there and it was a, it was an absolute pleasure and and i really enjoy the fact that uh, i know that you have a passion for things like this w- when you talk about you know um uh, the theater of tomorrow and then other pod like you even said you enjoy this medium so please uh, come back and visit us yeah. again just absolute pleasure working with you and thank you for mm-hmm. donating you well not necessarily donating but giving a gr- giving us the opportunity to experience your talent as well so thank you well thank you guys for this wonderful opportunity yeah of course and then thank you to jane and cassie and everybody else <laughs> and margaret ashley can't say anything about margaret she's <laughs> yeah. awesome I was gonna say this isn't a threat, but you better come back uh, as an actor, EK. You better come oh, back. Oh, I, I <laughs> try and stop. No threats, though. Okay, okay. I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold you back, man. Awesome. <laughs> so, and 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 Paul, remember, wink, wink, Paul. That story that you want for season three, right, wink, wink, Paul. <laughs> you know what to do, Paul. Oh, yeah. Hit that send button, Paul. <laughs> I'll be humming your inbox. Okay, there <laughs> Thanks you go. again, everyone. Appreciate you. So, so yeah. So, thank you, everybody. Have a great night. Thank you for joining us. Oh, and thank also, you, Brooks. This is, don't this... forget Brooks. Thank you, man. Yeah, you don't forget me. Don't forget yes, me. Yes, thank you. This, this is this is our last um, episode of the season. Um, oh God, well, this was our last that. story of the season. So this is our last behind the door for the season proper. Uh, we do have something special for everybody coming up very shortly here. Uh, Jason is putting all the magic on that right now. Oh, my gosh. Yep, I'm going to refill the um, glass real quick and I'll get right back to work on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So, so just stay tuned, everybody. On me. And, I, and, and on that note, I bid everyone adieu. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh, bye goodbye. Bye. Join us each week after every episode for another edition of Behind 